Hey, this is Brett, and we are excited to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Channel, one of our favorite places to get your nature fix, where you can explore the real Rockies. From award-winning documentaries to music in the mountains, this is Adventure with a Conscience. We think you're going to love it. You can check it out and subscribe at RockyMountainChannel.com. And this is Melissa. Here to inspire you to get your coat on, go outside, and connect with nature for mindfulness and personal growth. Naturally. Well, it's an icy outside, cozy inside fireside Friday here. And we've had about a week of really, really cold ice. It's been not just snowing, but ice. Yes. Uh, people falling, um, people... <laughs> people sliding in their cars. Ice skating without meaning to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, and so we're celebrating the cold right now. I'm going to be talking a little bit today about human hibernation. But speaking of colds, <laughs> or speaking of the cold, I apologize that I sound... A little different today. Are we going to talk about the elephant in the robe? Yes, let's just get it out there. <laughs> uh, I know I sound different, everybody. <laughs> and that's because I was sick last week, which actually was a great week to be sick. Yeah, you didn't, at least didn't fall down. and I didn't fall down. <laughs> I didn't have to drive my car. Um, so it was a good week to kind of hunker down and, yeah, and recover. That's right. And so we're here today really talking about flowing with the rhythm of nature. Um, and as I mentioned, human hibernation. Is there even such a thing as human hibernation? Well, in this house, there appears to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we live here in the Rocky Mountain area, and there's lots of um, bears, black bears. And that's what I think of when I think of hibernation. But hibernation is preceded by a thing called hyperphagia that we also do. <laughs> where you just <laughs> Only wanna... in November and part of December. <laughs> Pack the calories, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and prepare your body for slowing down. No, we want to talk a little bit about flowing with the seasons um, and slowing down. Wintertime is a time to actually connect with nature by slowing down and, and, and being mindful of what's going on around you, what's going on outside. Why do we want to eat more? Why do we want to hunker down and just watch Netflix and eat comfort foods and sleep. Is that so wrong? I don't think so, as long as it's just for a time. You know, I think it's easier sometimes to just go with it than fight it. That's what nature does, right? Yes. What's going on with the plants that we see right now? Our grass, our trees? Everything looks brown and dead. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? No, it's just yeah. lying dormant. That's right, that's right. And being your best self really involves oscillating. Uh, there's times to be awake and alive and giving it your all to go to the gym, work out, go hiking, um, just any, be really active. And then there are times, and it's okay to give yourself permission uh, the, to slow down. And I think just understanding that e there are people that still work really hard in the winter. In fact, they worked harder so that they you know, don't fall down the hole of... <clears throat> seasonal affective disorder, but um, 
but I think having an understanding of why, why do I feel so tired? Why do I feel so unmotivated and not beating yourself up for it, but understanding the reason behind it? I'm glad you said that about beating yourself up because along with sitting, and you don't have to be sitting in front of the TV watching mindless Netflix when you slow down, by the way, but along with slowing down sometimes, especially for those of us who, have, who are goal-oriented, teleocentric, mm-hmm. yes. and, and have a target that we want to reach, we're just like, go, go, go. Right. But that's not the way the body, that's not the way nature works. Right now, nature's not growing um, rapidly like bamboo shoots uh, right. you know, a foot a day. Nature is doing what it does best, and that is re- restoring right. and resting lying fallow for a bit before just wait just wait for spring and what do you got life mm-hmm. so i guess what i'm trying to say is we probably shouldn't be beating ourselves up and feeling guilty no we should go ahead well i was gonna say? say you know during this time when you do feel like being a little bit more i guess sedentary to a degree i mean that's kind of what we feel like even if we don't allow ourselves but you know you don't have to just sit there and curl up in a ball and watch Netflix and eat ice cream or Cheeto puffs. Like we read a lot. And I think it's a great time to almost indulge in, in reading and journaling and maybe doing things that when it's beautiful outside in the summer, you you just, you you don't take time to do because you just want to go. You want to be outside, but it is such a great um, act of self care yeah. To really just indulge in some of those, what appear to be slow activities, <laughs> you know, that you you reserve for maybe times on the beach or times on a, you know, when you don't have a lot to do. Yeah. You know, something we just did before we came here in the studio to talk about this was kind of going back over some of the uh, the adventures we've been experiencing over the past year and looking at pictures and talking about what do we want to do next year. You got online and started trying to reserve <laughs> Uh, campsites. It's interesting and just incredibly amazing and frustrating that in order to camp at some of these places, you have to start reserving in January. Yeah. So yes, I was online looking at trying to get a spot for Pawnee Campground yeah. up by Brainerd Lake, and it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. So where's our status? Our status is tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. The next six month rolling period, starting what July twenty third, comes out where I can try to reserve because right now. It is full. I think it was March or April, probably, just before we went to Moab in Utah, that we tried to get online and find camping spots and were um, shocked that right. January, I mean, they're, they're all taken. I mean, people people get on there and really do it. It's not way, way back in the olden days, you did not need to always reserve spots. But no. now if you want to camp in a nice campground in the summer months, especially on the weekends, you have got to make reservations. So yeah, get out there folks, but, but do it's it at exciting because I can be mellow and relaxed in my jammies and have my coffee and be lying fallow. <laughs> that's but, right. But get excited for, you know, the summer months. And that is that's that is a um, a type of dormancy is just doing it looks different because you're you're not as active as you were all during the summertime. So except that dormancy is still growth. It's just a different type of growth. Growth doesn't have to be explosion. Growth can be slow and um, deep. That's what plants are doing right now. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. That's right. And it's uh, what I'd really like to get across today is the importance of sticking with the the flow of nature because every season has its purpose. Mm -hmm. And every season has something to teach us. And uh, it does. Yeah. 
but for those of us who are awake during the winter, not unlike bears and squirrels and all the other hibernators, um, we still have to deal with day-to-day functions, day-to-day functions, day-to-day chores and business and obligations. You just do it in a little different pace and with a different mindset. Yeah, I think you, I think you nailed it. The mindset is everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dormancy. What is dormancy? The difference between dormancy and hibernation. Is there, is there a difference? Um, what do you think of when you think of dormancy? I think of dormancy as just, for, I, you mean in people or nature? Yes, people are nature. <laughs> okay, well, we I nature. think of dormancy as a time of just slowing down. Yeah. That's what I see dormancy as. Like what we've Doesn't been mean, talking about. Yeah, it's just a time to be less active. So I've got, we pulled up uh, the definition, basically, of dormancy. is the state of having normal physical functions suspended or slowed for a period of time. Or the state of being temporarily inactive or inoperative. Keywords suspended. Or Keyword temporarily. <laughs> and temporarily, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's a temporary state. Yeah, it's when living things such as plants are awaiting the necessary environmental conditions, such as temperature, moisture, nutrient availability, and all those other things. Mm-hmm. And right now, yeah, we don't have as much access to the sunlight. If you're in the northern hemisphere or <clears throat> you know, farther away from the equator, northern or southern hemispheres, you you are in a place where there's a lot less sunlight and you feel it. Oh my gosh, yes. The body feels it. You do. You know, they say there are four, this is just interesting for you nature nerds, and I know there's a lot of people probably that are nature nerds and could teach us a lot about this. Um, uh, there's four types of dormancy, just uh, just for, I'm going to throw it out there for fun. The first one is the one we think of, and that's hibernation. And that's this low metabolic rate, a reduced heart rate, you slow your breathing, your body temperature lowers. And there's two types of hibernate, uh, hibernators. There's the, I think it's pronounced obligate hibernators, mm-hmm. and they can sleep regardless of access to food and temperature. Uh, what are some examples of those? Um, mouse lemurs. Yeah. There's ground squirrels, European hedgehogs. <laughs> and butterflies. I know, that's interesting. I found it? that fascinating. I never thought of butterflies as hibernating. I thought they just died. Well, don't when they it gets go, cold. well, you thinking of the monarchs? I was thinking of the monarchs that go to Mexico. Yes, yeah. every year. Yeah, so that's fascinating, mm-hmm. a, a little nature tidbit. And then there's facultative hibernators. Hibernators, when it's too cold, they hibernate when it's too cold and the food supply decreases. What's an example of that? Well, the only one we really found was the black-tailed prairie dog. Yeah. For what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> facultative hibernators. They're uh, a rare breed, apparently. And then there's a, another type of dormancy. Is uh, The second type is diapause. And it's observed in all life stages of arthropods, like insects, common during egg and pupa stages, marked by lower metabolic activity. Uh, that it, I don't know exactly how that works because I don't do it every day, <laughs> but that's a type of uh, dormancy. And then there's estivation. Yeah, that's an desert, of... like desert plants and animals. Mm-hmm. You know, in the desert, obviously, there's not a lot of rainfall and it's ex- pretty high temperatures. Rough living conditions. Yeah, they... pretty rough. But it's ba- it's basically based on heat, not yeah, dry, not, like a dry heat. Yeah, not not cold. Right. But everything slows down in order to um, preserve itself until, and this is the thing, nature nature trusts that it'll be back around, that right. all these things will come in a cycle, until there are perfect temperatures, perfect water conditions, conditions again yeah. for life. But they slow down enough so that they, they conserve energy, basically, is what right. they're doing, con- preserving their life. And then the last one, and this is, um, you see this in snakes, is brumation. It's dormancy in reptiles. And they only wake up 
to drink water and then go back to sleep. And they can do this. It can last up to eight months. I wish they brewmated it all year. <laughs> Some people wish that. I love snakes. My dad was a bio- biology teacher, and I grew up with snakes all around the house, and that included poisonous ones. I don't mind ones. snakes as long as they're not poisonous. <laughs> yeah. And they're not on the trail where we're hiking or riding. I said all around the house as if they were slipping. Yeah, um, we did have some breakout. <laughs> we had a boa constrictor. We had rattlesnakes. We had a cottonmouth moccasin. We God had... bless your mother. <laughs> yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. Um, brumation. So... Uh, some examples animal-wise of hibernation. We already talked about bears. And here in the Rockies, I love the... Um, marmots. The marmots are amazing because they will wake up you know, when it starts to get warm. And they will eat and eat and eat all summer. They double their weight, basically. And then they hibernate another half, six to eight months out of the year, depending on you know, how cold it is outside. Mm-hmm. Marmots and squirrels, groundhogs, skunks. Did you know skunks hibernated? No. No. Uh, Possums, raccoons, dormice, and bats. They're all examples of, of hibernators. And like we mentioned, snakes are enter that state of brumation instead. Speaking of raccoons a minute ago, <laughs> I grew up with all kinds of animals, as I mentioned. And we had a raccoon. His name was Rocky. And he was just like a, a pet with extra sharp teeth. You had to kind of make sure you didn't piss him off. But uh, if you handled him well, he. Um, I remember one time he got under the table. We didn't know where he was. We had several people over for dinner one oh, no. afternoon after church, and uh, we were just saying the blessing. And all of a sudden, I heard one guy, Eric, yell, ah! And we looked up, and uh, <laughs> this, this little hibernator, who wasn't hibernating, <laughs> there were two little black paws that came up on, from under the tablecloth uh, from oh, in his lap and pulled his plate down and just pulled the whole oh, made a big gosh. mess. Oh, my gosh. That looks like, sounds like a uh, movie. My mom, Yeah. Well, that my again, my mom was amazing. But... Um, I didn't know, you know, that raccoons were hibernators at the time, and it was October, and we went on a hike, and so I put him outside. Can't believe, as I was thinking back through this, we actually tied him up like a dog oh, <laughs> to a tree. Uh, I do that sometimes, you know, while I was feeding the other animals, and then I'd come back and get mm-hmm. him because he sometimes would cr- climb up in a tree, and you couldn't get him down in time. Uh, you could usually coax him with grapes and his little furry. Not furry paws, but human-like paws. Right. Uh, we'd always wash whatever it was. And he was an amazing little animal. Well, I had tied him up to this tree and forgotten to untie him. I mean, he had water there, and he was, you know, he was fine. Did he hibernate? Well, the problem was, we. it was October, and it had been a warm day, but a cold front came in. I had totally forgotten as a, what was I, probably 12-year-old, mm-hmm. um, 12, 13 years old. And... Um, we went on a long hike, didn't get back to that evening. And it had snowed up on our hike. Um, we went somewhere around near the Appalachian Trail, if not that. And so it was a ways away, good drive. And we didn't get back till late that evening. And I went out to get Rocky. And he was just this frozen little stiff ball. Aww. And I was really worried about him. And I brought him in and we thought he was dead. And um, I just, I was crying. And I took him in my arms and, and you know my parents felt bad and I actually fell asleep in our little family room in front of a heater with him all night long and in the Aww. morning he slowly shakily kind of unrolled himself and woke up and stretched and Rocky was well alive he just went into this hibernation mode as a life-saving pr- preservation wow it's kind of cool really to witness cool. it yeah hmm. uh, we also witnessed um, Estivation here, I guess it would be called estivation or a type of uh, preservation here in our house. We have a turtle. Oh my gosh. 
What's his name? Um, well, his name is Ambi because we used to think he was a girl. <laughs> I we still the... call him Ambi. He will always be a girl in my mind. Yeah, the the, the turtle, <clears throat> the turtle guy at PetSmart said, uh, "Does does, does he have a long does tail? she have a long tail and long yes. claws? Yes, that's she is a he. Yeah. Anyway, so he is a little explorer, and we have him in this big aquarium with a, one side." cut out halfway up so that you can put a filter in there and he would get up on his little plastic lily pad and make his way through this little crack this hole he you know he's pretty big now he's what uh, four inches around three and a half inches around he started out the size of a quarter and he would fall to the floor and crawl away and we didn't know where he was well this just happened about a week ago again and i thought you know i hadn't seen him in 24 36 hours and um and so i'm looking and i hear this clunk 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 against the wall and over behind we have this stand uh, the cd case stand and here in the basement and he had put himself in a corner but i went to pick him up he was as dry as could be and his tail he pulled himself in real tight and it was hissing at me i knew he was alive but i didn't know how he was stuck him back in his tank in water and he floated to the bottom and bubbles came up i thought he's drowning now oh my gosh no and um, i'd say 20 seconds later he stuck his head out swam to the top and uh, was fine. But that was two examples of nature doing what it does to survive, to preserve itself. Uh, what an amazing miracle. Well, why do you think he was trying to escape? Oh, he's got that sense of adventure just like us. He wants to get out and, <laughs> and see the world. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember he escaped one time for like two or three days? Yeah, that, that's that, when I put, that down a a, scary. I put down a little cookie tray full of water, hoping he'd come back to it. I kept because, thinking. And I thought the cats would find him, you know? Yeah. I kept thinking, one day we're going to be like, what's that smell? <laughs> and it wasn't the kitty litter. He always, he always comes back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we always find him. <laughs> anyway, just, yeah. some, just a few examples. I'm sure you have lots that you can think of as well. Um, but get in that rhythm. Just I want to encourage you and ourselves here uh, in our household to be okay with it. Not forever. Pay attention to what's going on outside. Pay attention to your body. Pay attention to your heart and spirit, your mind, your emotions, and honor them when you're... you're... Now, you should be able to tell the difference between being lazy and being... Um, I can. <laughs> Rhythmic. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, it, and it is hard uh, to come out of a dormant state. Uh, just like Rocky, all, it took a whole night of um, just being in front of the heater and slowly waking up. Mm -hmm. So we just want to encourage you to remember. Yeah, just remember that plants and animals are deeply affected by temperature and sunlight, just as we are. Yeah, plant growth slows as the day length slows. And it commences the dormancy process, just like it's doing in us, maybe less uh, obviously, but that's what's going on. And give yourself some grace. And yeah. most importantly, remember, it's temporary. Yeah. And like we mentioned, maybe you can use this dormant time to, to just look back at past failures and successes. You know, how can we do better? And plan for future outings, like we said, hikes and camping trips and adventures mm -hmm. for the spring and summer and fall that are sure to come. Absolutely. Yeah, and one other thing, if you'd like to go a little deeper into this subject of human hibernation, which I find fascinating, you might want to check out this article we found. What's it called? It's called You Could Probably Hibernate by Dr. James Hamblin. Yeah, he's a staff writer for the Atlantic Journal. Yes. And uh, I, it seems uh, pretty legit here. He actually it's very interesting. discusses with uh, Kelly Drew. He, she's a professor at the University of Alaska's Institute of Arctic Biology. And she said that it's very possible... That humans could hibernate. That would be very interesting. <laughs> I, I might volunteer sometime. 
<laughs> just for a day. <laughs> yeah, maybe for a day. Yeah, and wake up like a bear. Yeah, it's interesting. Coffee. Check it out if you get a chance. Yeah. Anyway, it was so great hanging out with you all today, and I hope you found something of value in this podcast. Yeah, I hope you're not snoring yet. You can, you can <laughs> slow down into a dormant state right after you hear the music start. And if you're down in Florida or Hawaii right now, oh my goodness. Or Australia or somewhere yeah. warm. And just disregard all the talk on hibernation and just enjoy your day with some... Non-dormant activities. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great having you guys here. Thanks again. And remember, life is a gift. Nature's a gift. And you are a gift back to the world. Live well, my friends. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.